doors, you kick down walls. And anyone who tells you, you can't, you take your fears, your insecurities, your worries, you roll them all up into a ball, you turn those son bitches sideways and stick them straight up, they can't be out. Pick your goal and stick fucking to it. You wishy-washy motherfuckers. I can't fucking stand you. I wanted to make sure that out of the 24 hours of the day, that I don't waste one single hour. Those hours were too precious. And so there I just want to tell people, don't give me this thing, I have a difficult time, I need the time, and I don't have time for this, and I don't have that. You have time. You make the time. And now, welcome to the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast, sponsored by fitnessinformant.com. All right, guys, welcome inside the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast. I'm your host, fitnessinformant.com president, Ryan Buckeye. Thanks for stopping by to check out episode seven, featuring hypertrophy coach Joe Bennett. Uh, for those who don't know hypertrophy coach Joe Bennett, Joe Bennett is probably one of the most respected trainers on the planet. He has trained a multitude of athletes. He's the head trainer for Redcon 1. He trains with Flex Lewis. Uh, he also trains Dave Batista, former WWE World Heavyweight Champion. But most people, if you're not a wrestling fan, know him uh, as Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy. He is a Hollywood actor. He is a big man, a hypertrophy coach, Joe Bennett. Also used to be with BPAC back in the day, and we discussed that the, I wouldn't call it a breakup, but the separation from BPAC and him venturing out and doing his own thing outside uh, Pukowski's uh, M140 gym. So it was a lot of good conversation with Joe. Joe's a good, good dude, intelligent man, like a very intelligent man. If you are not following Joe on Instagram at Hypertrophy Coach, you need to do so and you need to run. Don't walk to follow Joe because he will educate you. He will teach you things that you've never known before. But you listen to what he says on his Instagram account, you follow along, and you just become a better person in the gym for it. You become more cognizant of what you're doing, the angles that you're attacking your muscles, the tempo in which you're doing your lifts, etc. There's a lot that Joe talks about. Now, not all of what Joe discusses and teaches will resonate with you. You may not agree with everything. He does take a very scientific approach. And if you've listened to the Branch Warren episode, Branch talks about just lifting heavy and lifting hard. There's no science needed in that. That is how he got big. That's how Ronnie Coleman got big. And yes, I think there's a happy medium between the two. Lifting heavy weights and attacking muscles at separate, at different angles uh, uh, and mixing things up, shocking the system, if you will. And Joe does a lot of that in terms of his teachings and, and, and what he knows. Now, the cool thing about Joe, and you guys will hear this on the episode tonight or today, is that he will talk about that he still goes and pays to go to seminars to keep continual learning. Now, I mentioned something on our self-made barbell brigade. It's a Facebook page. It's a Facebook group off of the Fitness Informant Facebook page where you're not going to hire a uh, somebody to give you financial advice who's broke. Why would you do that? Why would you trust somebody who has absolutely not a dime to their name? 
to let you and teach you how to save money, right? And, and the same thing goes as said, why, how, why would you hire a personal trainer or somebody who trains fitness when they themselves don't do exactly what they tell others to do? Meaning they don't look the part. They're a walking billboard for themselves. You need to do, uh, do that. And, and Joe talks about that. And we talked about that with Ronnie Coleman in episode one. And I think this is a really good combination of, of what that means. Is Joe is so accomplished. He's such an accomplished trainer yet he still pays for seminars. He still pays for educational classes to get better, to become better at his craft and become the best damn trainer that he possibly can be in this business. And that says something. So for those of you out there who are listening, who are excited to hear Joe and excited to get the knowledge soak, the knowledge dump from Joe during this podcast, also know this, like, Make sure you're out there seeking opportunities outside the gym, inside the classroom to better yourself and better your training techniques because just because something works for you or works for client 123, it doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody. So keep expanding your, your database up here in your noggin and keep getting better at the training business. Uh, before we hop into Joe, we typically would have a stack to come on, talk about the happenings and happenings in the supplement industry. A couple things I actually want to talk about is stack's not going to be on this episode is one, the rebrand over at Spur Nutrition. Now Spur, Spur Nutrition, one of our gold level sponsors for our eight week, $8,000 transformation challenge, which we're exactly halfway through right now and we're killing it. Everybody's doing such a good job, but their rebrand. From a CPG point of view, which is a consumer packaged goods point of view, it was one of the best things that this company did because they were so discombobulated across their SKUs, across their their UPCs, their units, their their products. Uh, however you want to, however you, however you recognize that, meaning that Crocken looked one way, Sparta Way looked another way, Hydroshed looked a completely another way. Like Hydroshed was white, Crocken was black, Sparta Way was like double, uh, and then there there are some other fat burners that they had, and their muscle builders looked something else. Everything was was disconnected. Now they're rebranding. Everything is going to be connected, and they're releasing a Croc and Black series, which is going to be awesome. And for those who are familiar with fitnessinformant.com, know that Croc and the OG, the one with DMHA, was our number one rated pre-workout for a long time. They reformulated that earlier this year in 2018 to remove DMHA uh, and add in some other things like Vaso-6 and Cocobuterol uh, and some other state-of-the-art sort of cutting-edge ingredients that still made the product good, but maybe it just took a slight step back to the original OG, Crocken. So Crocken Black is going to be a higher stimulant product. What, we people, what, the, what the people have been craving, that will be coming from Sparta Nutrition, and we should have some exclusive reviews right here, and I shouldn't say exclusive. I'm sure a lot of people will have uh, get a chance to test it, but we will have a, uh, a chance to review that here at Fitness Informant along with some other SKUs. They're dropping 10 new items in their rebrand. Spar Nutrition deserves a shout out. The brothers uh, over there running that company are doing a fantastic job. They're one of our most trusted brands for a reason, and ultimately, we love them for being a huge sponsor in our $8,000 eight-week transformation challenge. Redcon One, also a, a gold-level sponsor in the $8,000 eight-week transformation challenge was just published in Military Times, meaning like Navy, Marine, Army. They have magazines. They published an advertisement in these magazines. And I, I, I told Aaron this straight out. Aaron was a guest on this podcast before. That I think that their partnership with the U.S. military is one of the most genius things that you can do because, A, you're offering – you're offering something to these men and women who obviously want to work out, be in the best shape they can be so they can, they can serve and protect us here on the homeland. They're offering them high-quality supplements at a discounted price. Uh, you're attaching yourself to an organization that is going to be beneficial. 
and, and it's, it fits with the brand. Redcon 1 fits in with that U.S. military brand presence. So it's a win-win-win. Congratulations to Aaron, the Redcon 1 team, for everything that they're doing over in the military. Congratulations with the Vitamin Shop launch. Uh, they're, 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 they're debuting in other retail locations, and they're growing at an exponential pace. I'm not sure if I've seen a company grow as quickly as Redcon 1, and it's been fascinating to watch from the outset. So congratulations over there to Aaron Singerman. Uh, a lot of stuff coming up. We are exactly uh, a month and a half away from the 2018 Mr. Olympia. I've been told from the fine folks over at Nutribio, again, another gold-level sponsor of the $8,000 eight-week transformation challenge, that they are going to be dropping some, some exciting stuff at the 2018 Olympia. So as soon as I get my hands on that information, I will bring that back to you all here at the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast, fitnessinformer.com, our Facebook page, our Instagram page. But the Nutribio folks who won our 2017 brand of the year for a reason – Coming out, I think, with some new stuff around the Olympia. So it'll be exciting to see what comes from those guys and gals and, and Mark Glazer, a former guest here at, on the show as well, on what they are bringing at the Olympia. And at the Olympia, a lot of stuff is going to happen. A lot of things are going to be debuted. Um, Inspired Nutraceuticals, a company who had supported us since day one, actually, uh, here's a sneak peek. They sent me, I'm not going to turn it around, but a, uh, a new version of their basically their Devastate White Cut, a new version that's not out yet. Uh, I get to beta test it. This is a flavor that's not even going to be released for like eight months. And I, I think this might be released around the Olympia time is what Inspired's been been teasing on their, on their uh, Instagram and Facebook pages. I'm actually going to run this. By the time you all get this podcast, I will have already ran this in the gym. I will be posting over at Facebook, posting at Instagram my thoughts on this. Now, Chris Waldrum, the CEO of Inspired Nutraceuticals told me, don't take the whole packet, Ryan. Take three-fourths of this packet. And for those watching on YouTube, you can see the packet size. Uh, it says the name. It says it's two servings, 12 ounces of water. Um, I'm going to take the whole thing. So spoiler work, uh, alert. Uh, I guess this isn't a spoiler because by the time you listen to this, like I said, I've already taken this. I'm going to take this whole thing, and I'm going to tell Chris Waldrum I'm going to take this whole thing because I deserve to take this whole thing and really, really able to give this a, a quick hit review over at our social media pages and to uh, see if this is really – as good as Chris has made it out to be. Now, Chris has made some phenomenal products before White Cut, the original, and Once Upon a Time was the number one rated pre-workout at fitnessinformant.com as well. So it'll be very, very interesting uh, from that standpoint to see how this does. Uh, Ember, which is their new heat reserve or their fat-burning pre-workout, boom, just got it this week, and those watching on YouTube can see it. Uh, this is a very interesting Pre-workout is what they're going to call it, and I agree with it because there's going to be dynamine, there's caffeine, uh, and there's some uh, focus-enhancing ingredients in this, like choline bitterate. Um, let's see what else is this. You got rolloserine, which is alpha-yohimbine, which is going to be a fat burner. Um, you got L-carnitine at 3,000 milligrams, 3 grams for two scoops, Oshawa. Ashwagandha extract, which is the KSM 66 at 600 milligrams. Dandelion extract, cocoa extract, which is cocoa butyrol at 100 milligrams. Uh, this is a very, very unique, cool ingredient label. Hijamine is in this as well. Uh, theobromine, synephrine. There is a lot of really, really big stimulants in terms of fat burning, which is going to provide a hell of energy. It's technically 40 servings, uh, but if you take two scoops here, if you're looking on YouTube, it can turn down to 20 servings. I'm going to roll this into 20 servings. It's going to help during my cut for the $8,000 eight-week transformation challenge, so uh, stoked about that. I, I also started running here, and I, I'm not running this yet, by the way. I'm going to start running this Ember uh, very soon, but I did start running this weekend Blood Shred the Ward 
edition. Now, we reviewed the Blood Shred Raw Edition at fitnessinformant.com from Olympus Labs, who is one of our awesome sponsors of the $8,000 eight-week transformation challenge as well. But right now, I'm doing a mini four-week cut. So I did a four-week bulk to start this, which if you're watching on YouTube, I physically look bigger. I feel bigger. I feel better. Uh, but now I'm going to cut, tighten up a little bit. So that way, at the end of uh, week eight, August 31st, uh, I am looking as tight as I can be and as jacked as I can be. So starting the blood shred, uh, the war edition, a full review, fitnessinformant.com will come after that. I'm currently right now for my pre-workout running Iron Brothers pre-workout V2, but they, the fine folks over at Iron Brothers Supplement sent me the OG, the DMHA version that's available over at SUPS.com. And if you shop SUPS.com, use our promo code INFORMANT, save 5% off your entire order. All orders over $59 will ship absolutely free and they ship quickly. But this has 4 grams of citrulline, 3.2 bit alanine, 2.7 betaine, 1 uh, gram of taurine, 225 milligrams of caffeine, 150 milligrams of DMHA, 50 milligrams of theobromine, biopurine at 10 milligrams, alpha yohimbine at 2 milligrams, and 2 club moss extract at 200 micrograms. So this will be on the list too. There's a lot of pre-workouts here. Uh, a couple of them I got sent this week that we're going to be excited to hop on, try, and do the full in-depth review over at fitnessinformant.com. Uh, last point before we shoot it over to Joe, the hypertrophy coach, and talk about his career and talk about his wisdom and, and, and walk away being a better version of ourselves because that is really what we uh, what we encourage here at the Be Informed Live Fit podcast is come on here, get informed, go back and apply it to your apply the principles and apply the learnings from this podcast into your fitness lifestyle and become a better version of yourself. So, um me, I'm a big dude. Uh, I work out six, seven days a week, depending on uh, how I'm feeling, but definitely a minimum of six days a week. We take a lot of supplements. Uh, people listening to this probably do. People that follow us on our Facebook page, Instagram page, Snapchat, Twitter, whatever it might be. We take a lot of supplements. Half the time, these supplements are really directed towards our muscle wellness, you could say, by getting bigger, by trying to become in an anabolic state to grow, to increase uh, muscle protein synthesis, to decrease DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness. But one thing that sometimes is forgotten is our general general overall wealth or health, excuse me, and well-being. And things like fish oil, omega-369s, things like probiotics, things like liver and heart support are extremely important for us to be cognizant of because our heart is our number one organ. Like this is our thing. Our heart and our brain are our two most important organs in our body. And if we don't take care of that, you know, then what are we doing? What does it matter if we're 215 pounds and fucking jacked out of our mind? You want to be able to live a long, healthy life. And to do that, you need to have solid cardiovascular health, your liver health, especially those of us who take a lot of protein and train extremely hard. You need to take something for your liver and help your liver and keep those liver enzymes into a healthy, normal state. Um, here, here's a brand that I'm a big fan of, AD Wellness. Now, we don't have any reviews from, from Anabolic Designs over at fitnessinformant.com right now, but their health series. I'm currently taking Heart Plus and Liver Plus from this company. Uh, why? Because I want to live a long time. I'm going to be expecting my first child here within a month from this podcast when this drops. Uh, my goal is to be obviously the most healthy version of myself for my family first and foremost, and that includes my future baby boy or baby girl that will be coming into this world. Uh, and it also just helps you overall feel better. I mean, if you're taking in 250 grams of protein per day, that's a lot for the human body to process, digest, uh, convert, and use, you know, break down into the amino acids, and, and your liver does all of that. So something like liver health, and, and this actually includes kidney support too, is extremely important. Now, cardiovascular health in general is just super important. Sometimes those of us who train extremely hard take supplements 
our blood pressure can be higher than where it probably should be. Ultimately, there has been studies to prove that AD Wellness Heart Plus actually can bring your um, your cholesterol levels back into a healthy state um, and lower the bad cholesterol and up the uh, positive cholesterol. So that's just a PSA from me here at Fitness Informant. Take care of your overall health and well-being. Um, one place you can start, we just signed a partnership with directlabs.com. So go to directlabs.com backslash fitness informant. There's actually going to be pre-populated tests there if you're a male in terms of what tests, blood tests, that we recommend you get. Find out what your free and total testosterone is. Find out what your cortisol levels are. Find out what your estrogen levels are. Find out what your luteinized hormone, your LH is, and your, your uh, FSH. There's a, lot, a bunch of different hormone panels that you can get as a male that I guarantee most of you listening to this podcast have probably never done. I get blood work done regularly. I want to make sure my testosterone levels are in the normal range because low testosterone is nothing to fuck around with, people. It's that's dangerous, all right? It affects your attitude. It affects how you feel. It can affect your family life. It can affect your job at where, where, your workplace. It can affect your income. Um, so just make sure you take care of yourself before you run out and buy a testosterone-boosting supplement or something like that. Know that you need that shit first before you go and spend 50, 60 bucks on a test booster because it makes zero sense to go out and spend money on something if you have no clue if you actually need it or not. Um, I'll wrap this up again. A big shout out to all of our sponsors in the $8,000 eight-week transformation challenge, specifically our gold-level sponsors, uh, which is Blackstone Labs, Redcon One, Spartan Nutrition, Nutribio Labs, and MTS Nutrition. Mark Loblin are also dropping a protein bar. That's exclusive news that came out on Stacked. Uh, I actually knew about this. Mark told me when we worked out that he was dropping uh, a protein bar. So super excited about that. Nutrex Research um, coming out with their new Lipo 6 Dynamic Series. Uh, they are a silver level sponsor of ours. You can go to Nutrex.com, use promo code Informant and save 10% off over at their website. We have a lot of great discounts for you all. Fitnessinformant.com has a big big section for supplement deals. Check that out. Uh, and our bronze level sponsors, they're all phenomenal. Whether it be Core, America Labs, Jabra, Cage Muscle, uh, Ironing Fitness, Olympus Labs. Uh, there's just a, a bunch of Ronnie Coleman Signature Series. Um, these are really, really good brands that we like to work with. And the winner of, winners of the $8,000 eight-week transformation challenge are going to be reaping in the benefits. Everybody's kicking ass on the $8,000 eight-week transformation challenge. I'm stoked about it. I'm stoked, I'm stoked about the transformations that people have made so far in these four weeks, including my own during my four-week bulk. Now we're on a four-week cut. Uh, you saw some of the supplements that I will be look forward to uh, incorporating into my, my supplement regime. There's going to be some big giveaways at Fitness Informant's Facebook page and Instagram page coming up soon. So when this episode drops on Tuesday, just make sure if you're not already doing so, follow us at Facebook. It's facebook.com backslash fitnessinformant, twitter.com backslash fitinformant, instagram.com backslash fitinformant, or at fitinformant on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, it's fitinformant on Snapchat as well. We regularly post there. And obviously the official website, fitnessinformant.com. I'm going to shut up, sign off. Uh, I will let you all hear from the man himself, the wise man. Man, the man who knows a lot about everything in this business and the man that you need to open your ears with and absorb as much knowledge as possible. This will be the hypertrophy coach, Joe Bennett. For the last two decades, we have been the best kept secret of the supplement industry. We've kept our heads down and worked. We pioneered full label transparency and full therapeutic doses because we believe that truly hard work requires truly effective tools. Two decades is a long time to commit to one pursuit, but when you act with purpose and become centered in yourself, Eventually, you realize that you were born and bred for this.
things you once thought impossible, you now do every day. We don't like the easy way, it just doesn't feel right. We'll take the long, hard road over a shortcut any day. It takes longer, sure, but in the end, you know you earned it. And with the right team behind you, pushing yourself further than you've ever been will be just another afternoon doing what you love most. Don't you hate when your protein powder doesn't mix properly? Redcon 1's 100% whey isolate, Isotope, tastes great, is the absolute highest quality, and of course, mixes well. No shaking required. Watching on YouTube, you see the man across the screen from me. If you're listening, you're going to have to hear his voice uh, soon. But that beard is just... I mentioned I was going to bring this up because I saw you at the Olympia last year. We met and we were at the yeah. lift factory. And this thing is yeah. like... You're like the axe man now, dude. Look at this thing. Yeah. It's yeah, massive. It's taken on, on a life of its own. I think there's a lot of people that are more familiar with my beard than my physique or even my qualities as a coach. So, you know, yeah, I don't really know what to make of it. Well, it's it's unreal. It's I mean, you could be a walking advertisement for some sort of beard oil company for sure. And I'm trying to grow mine. Like I'm trying. I knew you were coming on, so I was like, I'm gonna keep growing it, keep growing it. And I mean, this is this is what I got, and this is probably like a month and a half. So it's the best I got going. Yeah. What's new, dude? What's good? Uh, nothing, man. Just uh, you know, living life, doing my thing, and you know, coaching family, but not in that order. Family coaching, and you know. If if people listening for the first time aren't familiar with you in like a sentence, how would you describe yourself? Uh, man, sentence. I don't think I'm capable of doing that. I'll <laughs> try and keep it concise, which it doesn't come concise. Uh, you know, I, I definitely consider myself, you know, a husband and a father first, um, and then a coach, you know, a trainer second. So, um, I've been super passionate, same as everybody else, uh, not everybody else, but the same as a lot of people since I was probably 15, uh, really got into bodybuilding first. That was my first instructor. I got in through sports and then very quickly sure. more interested in working out than I was in sports. And, um, you know, then got into bodybuilding and then in college got introduced to personal training um, and then kind of fell into it a little bit. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do after college. Um, and I basically had somebody kind of recruit me to work for their gym and said they'd really like to have me. And I, I didn't really, I honestly didn't think you could make a profession of training. I hadn't really, I didn't have a whole lot of respect for the, the profession, same as kind of everybody else, unfortunately. And that's, that's the profession's fault. No one else's. Um, and then figured out real fast you could you could make a living at it. So I've been training people, um, you know, in person. I was really full time from trained part time in college from 20 to 22, then full time from 22 through about 32. Um, and just in the past, you know, year or two, I've kind of started to go a little bit more part time. And now I only really work with, you know, one or two clients, kind of what I consider full time. And then the rest is like I have people coming in town to train and all that kind sure. of stuff. So, well, if, if I say the term. 
uh, hypertrophy coach, most people know exactly who that is because it's your Instagram handle. You're very, very uh, active on social media. When I say the name Joe Bennett, I'm not sure if many people even know your real name. I, I think you just yeah. you, you have like this alias, and it's it's your website, and it's it's everything that everybody knows about you. Yeah. I mean, you coined you coined it for yourself. Nobody had it in the profession. Is that yeah. how? Tell me how that came about. Uh, yeah, honestly, it's funny, man. I I, I, I had no idea what I, I, I did. I really, honestly, mean this. I really had no idea like what social media entailed. I mean, I'm not living under a rock. I didn't know that existed. But I think my my Instagram's only maybe like two and a half years old. I've only been doing my site for a year and a half. Uh, so I trained for ten years, and um, and then I just had to some some good positive encouraging people to like just start putting information out there. You don't even have to know what you're gonna do. It just yeah. put it out there. Um, so I remember I heard the story where I'd, I'd done a lot of certifications and stuff, uh, like through like, um, more like strength coach certifications, a lot through Charles Falkwin, who I have a huge amount of respect for. And I kind of heard the story through him when strength coaches coined the term strength coach, uh, for the reason everyone was trainers up to then. Uh, there was like fitness specialists and there were trainers. And so there are all these strength coaches that worked with professional athletes and stuff. And they, they were being called trainers, like somebody that was working, you know, at a gold's gym or something, sure. training eight year old ladies. So they said, you know, we're not we're not trainers. We've got to make a term that accurately describes what they do. So that's where the term strength coach came from. Whoever the hell made that up, probably in the seventies. And um, so that was kind of my stem for it. It's like, well, I'm not a strength coach. I don't work with like you know uh, athletes in the sense of you know professional sports or like you know mainstream stuff, baseball, football, that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm like, I sure don't do what normal trainers do necessarily with my main demographic. Um, so that's where it just came from. I mean, obviously hypertrophy in, in our realm deals with muscle growth and. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty much exclusively, you know, what I what I do at this point in time. That's I, I we were sp- speaking earlier. I've kind of got away even a little bit from contest prep stuff. Um, well, that's a passion of mine. There's just there's too much other stuff that goes into it that I'm not passionate about. Um, so I just like training. I like helping people, you know, add add pounds of muscle to their body and uh, and look better, feel better, and and in whatever capacity that is. Which uh, I, I tend to like working with more. You know, higher level or elite people, uh, same as any coach, where that's where you tend to gravitate to is just a passion. Um, but I mean, at training, I mean, I've helped, you know, paraplegics and 88 plus year old people. And, you know, that's, if you can figure out how to, how to appropriately work with those bodies, you know, working with pro bodybuilders and things like that in its own way, uh, you know, it's, it helps. It helps with that challenge as well, too. So let's rewind the clock for a second you said that you got into bodybuilding first at a young age uh went to college but didn't have a lot of respect for the industry can you explain what you mean by that um i mean honestly i was uh, same same as a lot of people unfortunately i'd say for sure you know when i was maybe 15 through 18 you know i really wanted to learn a lot and, and i had a lot of uh pretty good people influencing me around i was the same person i just read every magazine and i would listen to everybody who would talk to me and then probably by the time i was 18 it was probably the combination of um, high testosterone and just, you know, being ego driven and an asshole and okay. too many areas of life. I kind of thought I knew what I was talking about. Um, so 18 through 22, I, I mean, I did a, in, in retrospect compared to other 18 or 22 year olds, I might have known more than most of them, but I still didn't know shit, obviously. And, um, you know, so I, I, there's a point in time there when I, at trainers that I had seen at that point in time, I just feel like these guys don't know what they're doing. I didn't have a whole lot of respect for them. I didn't have the perspective where unfortunately, and I say this as a trainer, you know, 95% of trainers probably aren't great. So I saw a lot of those trainers. Um, and again, that combined with a big ego and being an asshole, I, I really didn't have a whole lot of respect for the profession. Um, I met some great people. I went to the University of Florida and some big, great people, both on uh, the strength and conditioning side and the recreational strength and conditioning side. 
And that's when my brain started to at least shift to like, oh wow, there's people that know, there, everybody I was introduced to that ran that program and stuff knew, knew so much more than I did. And that's when I started training and started like getting my head on the right way a little bit more. Um, and then when I was 22 and kind of worked first in like a big box gym uh, for a long period of time, that's when I got introduced to people that really knew how to manage the business of training. Uh, so I didn't really understand, like, obviously, like, you know, with one, you know, this long journey of actually hopefully progressing my skill set combined with I got around a bunch of great people that really, really knew the business of personal training well. Uh, and I say the first few years of personal training, I mean, probably th three or four years of personal training, I didn't step up my game from a knowledge standpoint or a skill set a whole lot, but I really got in with, like, understanding the business of personal training. So it was first people that opened my eyes to, okay, you can actually make a business out of this just being professional and knowing how to talk to people and, and things that will make you successful in a lot of businesses. Um, and then that combined with, you know, continually trying to be a better trainer, um, you know, and it, and it opened a lot of doors for, okay, well, what exactly do I want to do with this, you know, thing? So um, it just, it took a little bit of both ends. I think it took me, I needed to, I needed to evolve and get in the right place where I was open to realize uh, you could make a profession at it. Uh, and then I needed to get around the right people. So it's kind of, kind of the ways lots of things work in life so i've heard you say on your instagram stories before that you're not really a people person um which which is funny because the profession that you're in i mean you're working directly one-on-one -on -one with people so how does that work like how does that dynamic work for you and are you still kind of uncomfortable working with people every now and then yeah no i mean i, I joke that i don't like people as a whole <laughs> sure but i like i like individuals generally when i get to know them um, and I, like I said, honestly, that's kind of both sides. I mean, it's really easy to sit back and like look at society and be like, oh my God, our society's shit between how concerned everyone is with being entitled or politically correct and all that kind of stuff. So there's that, there's that general observation of, uh, and again, it's who's perpetuating, perpetuating all that information and, and vision we're getting of current society has obviously a lot to do with it. Um, so one, it's just the general observation that there's a lot of interesting stuff going on out there and I like to stay within my bubble mm -hmm. so which is like my my family and my close my close group of friends um but that being said at the same time when, when I I when I get to know someone as an individual person I never had a problem with that when I was training you know like I, I meet someone and I joke I feel like I'm an awkward weird person or something anyway and I come off strange and uh, I don't know what kind of vibes I give off so it's like half I'd be worried about this person who knows what the hell they think of me um but that's part of training is like once I would actually get sit one-on-one -on -one and talk with someone and kind of break the ice and like, you find all these you know commonalities of we're all just humans and we all have the same and shared life experience um, and especially it's cliche but as I get older and you know and I'm married and I have kids and I'm doing slowly trying to turn into an adult uh, <laughs> you find a lot more common ground with with people and so it's that's the same thing man it's like um, yeah so me saying that stems from you know that that just kind of global observation yeah. and me uh, internally thinking I'm weird and those two things not mixing. Uh, but uh, when I actually get to know people on a one-on-one -on -one basis, I, I tend to, I like people. <laughs> and, and especially that's the nice thing. I, I've overall, you know, cause I've been in the industry for a long time, but I've only been more in like the big, whatever you want to call it, mainstream industry and meeting more, you know, people that have big names in our industry. And overall, man, I'm, I'm like really been pleasantly surprised. I mean, it's like, you know, you're, in this group of like meatheads are weird as hell. Like if you just write what we like on paper, yeah. we're just weird people, man. We're, we're extremely strange. And um, we have all that commonality. Like all, when meatheads get together, it's like we're the bunch of weirdos. They're like, oh yeah, we're all weird together. Um, so I found it, you know, I found it great actually, honestly. I mean, I've made some really close friends and stuff in the industry that are obviously really about the same thing. Um, and then also are lots of people that are fathers and husbands and 
know, have families and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of where that stems from. But in all honesty, I mean, it's, I think any trainer, you know, needs to come to the realization when I, when I was 22 or whatever, and I'm starting to work with, you know, uh, let's just call it the, the extreme end for me. I'm working with a middle-aged or elderly woman. Yeah. It's like, what the hell do I know about that person? What do I know about their mindset or where they're at? I still don't know anything about that, right? Like, if you're asking me, hey, tell, tell you what it's like to be a 65-year-old woman, like, nobody wants to listen to that because I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. But having worked with, with a bunch of people and actually listening to what they have to say and what their, you know, emotional concerns are and drivers and motivation, um, it, you know, that's that's a big part of learning the business of being a personal trainer is, is really listening to people mm-hmm. and, and kind of trying to get yourself in their shoes and empathizing with where they're at. Um, so that was uh, that was a big skill set for me to learn. I mean, it's like it's just from being not having much in common for them, them not wanting to talk to me as much as I felt weird talking to them, you know, and trying to actually, you know, learn how to find that common ground right. and stuff. So th- that's all been, again, a big evolution of me, um, you know, and then then finding a lot of common ground with a lot of the same people in the industry. So. You mentioned earlier that you kind of you, you learned the business aspect of training more. And I think that's a super important part because I, we're going to have a lot of trainers listening to the show. And yeah. what's in terms of the actual business and the financials of running a PT business or a training business, like what did what have you found to be one of the most important things that you learned about that aspect? Man, to be honest, is uh, you know, there's there's probably I'll get to the ninety five percent in a minute. You know, five percent of it is things that are specific to the industry. Honestly, if we're just looking at success, how can I be in the top five percent of the industry? I think most people would define that as success. You know, the, the, the icing on the cake isn't it. I mean, the 95% of stuff that makes someone better is stuff that would make you successful in any industry, in my opinion, or in any profession. Because, again, it might just be, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a human trait, I think, where we just look at previous generations and like, hey, they were better and we're getting worse. And it just, it seems like that. I Honestly, it's like work ethic is disappearing. I, I joke that trainers as a group of human beings are extra weird, again, including myself in that, because... Um, you know, there's our, our, our profession is more physical driven. Our profession is more, uh, I, I joke that for whatever reason, whether it's natural or enhanced, it's a group of hormonally enhanced individuals as well too. So you get all these alpha males and alpha females together in a job and they're just a bunch of weirdos. I, you know, again, myself included. So I'm not picking on anyone except myself. Um, so it just seems like general professionalism and how to communicate with people and conduct yourself are just really, really missing. So, I mean, even trainers like, you know, I was amazed when all the trainers were with people that wouldn't be on time for sessions, people that didn't want to work long hours, people that didn't want to work early in the morning. I mean, I tell people like 80% of your income is made like before 8 a.m. Yeah. and, you know, after 6 p.m. And it's like people don't want to get up early. I'm like, I can't tell you how much money I made between 5 a.m. and 8 a.m. just because other trainers were lazy at first, not because I'm a better trainer, because I was willing to work then. Um, so some of it's that. I mean, it's like, you know, if you can just know how to, look presentable, act presentable, be on time, be professional. And then on top of that, like be likable. That's, mm-hmm. that's starting to get into the icing on the cake where it's like, you just want, you want people to, obviously you don't want to end people, you know, we're getting into the skill set of it. You want to provide a good service, but you want to pe- leave people where it's like, they go through a whole session and they're in a good mood because they were hanging out with you for an hour, you know, and, and trainers be like, can you honestly deliver that? That doesn't necessarily have to do every single time with, was it an amazing workout? Did they set PRs? Did they feel physically and emotionally, whatever, amazing? No. But did they leave the session feeling better emotionally than they did before? Um, and so those those few things, if trainers actually do that stuff, um, everybody looks at the fancy stuff. So it's like you look at Instagram. I mean, you look at shit that I put out. I mean, I joke that it's like 
it's so easy to take stuff out of context. You know, I, tr I honestly try and have a mix of saying, here's the, here's where this comes in place. So stuff that can just hopefully maybe, maybe help someone as a person and then maybe help someone as a skill set as well too. But everything's out of context. So you look at all, all these people on Instagram and you're looking at all the icing on the cake stuff. You know, there's not a whole lot of people putting out good information as far as how do I just do the basics of being a good trainer first. And, uh, and social media is the perfect example. You have trainers putting half their time into social media when, again, the reason their business isn't successful is because they should be putting 90% of their time into something else. Um, so that's just another example of, you know, people are – all that stuff. Like being a great trainer and, you know, getting 10, 20 certifications is great. It's stuff that I, I personally invest in and do. But you can't put, you know, you can't put the cart ahead of the horse. You know, you got to get things in the right order first. So. You mentioned social media, and obviously, it's an avenue that people can share their voice, share their Instagram videos, and everybody's a goddamn expert. It seems like uh, when it comes to releasing, whether it be form, whatever. Uh, how has social media and like online coaching changed the profession, in your opinion? Yeah, um, man, it's one of those things that's really. You know, I'm sure whenever, uh, you know, TV got really popular, you know, and everybody had a TV in their house, people would be like, look, oh, TV's the decay of society. Everybody just stares at the TV now, and TVs are ruining people's lives. So there's some of that where it's, uh, social media is an easy target because lots of people spend lots of time looking at their phone. Um, and it's, we're just looking at a different screen now. So I, I don't think it in and of itself is wrong. I think there's a lot of awesome things about it, man. I mean, I honestly... There's a ton of people that give like real glimpses into what their actual day entails. You know, if you're looking at like high-end coaches and people with great information, there's tons of people that put out amazing stuff. And I do the same as everybody else. Like some coaches and people that I'm friends with, you know, they might have eBooks, they might have uh, classes and courses, but I always start with social media. Like I can get a lot of great information from social media just like everybody else. Um, so overall, it's it's the same as anything in life. It's what you make of it. And I think it'd be overall, it's a very positive thing. It's, it's a very good thing. Um, and it's uh, there's some people obviously just they, they I don't think they've got their brain wrapped around what to do with this good thing or how to appropriately invest their time still. Um, so, you know, it's a great place now for people coming up and trying to get better. It's very cool because you can really you can pinpoint the things that you think are interesting. You can follow the people that you really want to be like. Um, and then if that's very interesting to you. You can go deeper, and what else do they offer? Do they have sure. a website? Do they have classes? Do they have courses? Can you intern with them? Whatever. Um, so overall, there's a ton of really, really good stuff. I just think it's the same thing where people have been putting their time in the wrong places for a, a lot of time. You know, so it's like you know when a trainer would be trying to build their business, you know, and they put three hours of their day into training clients, zero hours into building their clients, and then three hours of the day into their own workout. You know, it's like you just if you really want to get good, you got to allocate your time to the right places. Um, and so it can be the same thing for social media, you know, so there's people that, in my opinion, if you actually want to be a coach, if you actually want to be a trainer, unless you have eventually thousands of hours working with bodies in front of you in person, you're just not a coach or a trainer, you're something else. You know, if you want to be really good, uh, a really good marketer or a really good business person, I mean, it's the same as anything else. It's like people get confused about you look at someone that owns a successful chain of restaurants that's a business person you're like oh they must be really passionate about restaurants and it's like no if they're a really good business person they might have done a market analysis and figure out this is where there's a gap and just randomly picked whatever it was and filled in the gap and so there's a ton of people doing that in the fitness industry as well too they don't really know a whole lot about fitness it might not be their passion but they're good business people and, and um 
And that's not a bad thing. It's just, it can be tough when the consumer gets stuck in the middle. Yeah. You know, so it's like, am I actually going to a coach or a trainer or am I just going to someone that's a good business person? Um, so yeah, it's a, and honestly, I, I can never pick on it because it's been a great thing for me. I mean, for, again, I, I, I love training people in person. I'll always spend hours doing that. Um, but I think every trainer has it in the back of their mind somewhere. It's like, I don't wanna have to train eight hours a day when I'm 75 years old. Um, so, you know, if you're going to work with me in person, you know, now you're going to pay $250 an hour, but if I can reach more people and they can see information that I have for something much more affordable, it's going to be worth what they're paying for. You know, mm -hmm. so is it going to be the same as an hour for 250, you know, probably not if you're paying $10 right. a month, but what you're getting for that, it reaches more people and it's a great way to get more information. And it's, again, it's going to be at least worth what you're paying for it. So. Uh, that's amazing for me, and I think that's amazing. I mean, I pay for people's information the same way that I have a site, things like that. Whereas if I want to get in deeper, you know, I'll pay to travel to people, I'll pay for their time specifically. But sometimes I'll use that surface stuff because that's that's the level of information that I need at this point in time. Um, yeah, so it's it's a, I, overall I think it's a very positive, it's a very awesome thing. Um, I think from an individual person, from an a, you know looking at a coach or looking at a trainer or someone or looking at a consumer trying to get better. You know, the ownership or responsibility ultimately falls on them. You know, do a little bit of research. Am I working with someone that actually has, you know, testimonials that's actually spent time with someone in person? Um, am I working with just a business person? Or sometimes, you know, there's some people whose business is built around, hey, I'm in good shape, that's what I did. And that's not a bad thing either, as long as you know that's what you're paying for. There's t there a lot of people I have a ton of respect for that might necessarily not have actually coached people in person, but they're literally openly saying, this is what works for me. Try it if you want. Mm -hmm. and people want to spend their money on that. I, I, there's nothing wrong with that. It's the problem. People say I'm a coach. I'm an expert, and they actually have zero hours working with right. someone in person. You know, so it's all managing that expectation and what people are actually getting. I think so. You guys, I mean, being trainers, you're basically a walking billboard. You're like your own piece of marketing material is what you look sure. like. And you mentioned some people take advantage of that if they have a physique, but they maybe not know how to train people. They do it, but then you have the vice. You have the flip side of that, where maybe somebody actually really is knowledgeable about something, but doesn't look the part. What are your yeah. thoughts? What what what's your opinion on trainers who who don't practice what they preach? Yeah. So I, I, at the end of the day, everything's there's nothing black and white. Everything's you know shades of gray. So I think that's the exact same thing where. You know, you could never use the argument that, you know, it's who has the most information in their brain is going to be the best coach. And at the same time, it's not always who looks the physically most impressive is going to be the smartest. But there's degrees of truth to all of that. Mm -hmm. You know, so, um, again, we're not all Ronnie Coleman. So it's like, you know, that's the same thing for me. It's like, you know, do, do I have to look like Ronnie Coleman did, you know, in 2000, whatever, 2002, yeah, to be the smartest person for hypertrophy? I mean, most people have a degree of common sense that, and not to take anything away from Ronnie, I mean, from someone who's done all the things that he's done, there's a million things you could glean from him. But if he's the, him and maybe the hardest gainer on the planet, they might not be speaking the same language. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's, I think most people have an understanding of common sense that you need. I think it's good to try and push both to the highest levels that you can, you know? And so I don't, I mean, personally, I don't care how a coach looks necessarily as far as the amount of muscle or how big they are, or how whatever they are. Because um, I honestly believe not everybody wants to look like a bodybuilder and, and not everyone's going to look like a bodybuilder their whole life, honestly. I mean, look at someone like great examples, in my opinion, are like Jake Cutler or Dory mm -hmm. Gates. In my opinion, those guys look awesome. I mean, they look, they're in incredible shape. They've maintained, they've come out of the sport on the other side looking great. You know, and there's ding-dongs that will be like, oh, he looked better when blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, you're not going to be 300 pounds your whole life. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to be. have a long, healthy life. Um, 
you know, so I think you should look like you put effort into your body. You know, there's, I, I don't think there's any reason to be overweight if you're a trainer. Um, again, depending on the context. Now, if you're a trainer that used to weigh 500 pounds and you're technically overweight now weighing 250 and you're progressing, it's, it's, you might have to dig a little bit deeper to find where someone's effort at. So I think people, if people put legit effort into themselves um, as a trainer, they should look like they're putting effort in. So either they're moving in the right direction mm-hmm. or they look good. Uh, but if you get a trainer that's out of shape, you know, it's for one of two things. He honestly doesn't have a good skill set. He or she does not have a good skill set. They don't know how to get themselves in good shape or they're lazy, in which case I don't think that's a good thing. I wouldn't want a coach that's lazy. Again, I don't, I don't care if my person competes or my person looks like Mr. Olympia, but I'm going to work with someone that's not that's not lazy. They have the attributes that, that they're trying to hopefully have me have as an athlete or a coach as well too. They want me to be motivated and driven. They better be motivated and driven. And at the same time, so this is where you get those things. Then you get guys that look amazing but have never opened a book, mm-hmm. never paid anybody a dime to get any better. And it's the same thing where – um, I see people that literally put zero effort into the education. I mean, it's like I've done a ton of stuff and people I think think that I can always afford it or it was always easy to take time out of my schedule. And it was never that way. I could never technically afford it. I never had just extra money sitting around. I never had extra time. As a trainer, I never had times where, you know, if I'm taking a trip that's five days away to go to a certification, you know, I have to pay to get there. I have to pay to stay there. I have to pay for the certification. And I'm losing five days of pay along the way, not to mention I'm probably losing time with my family and all that kind of stuff. So um, at the end of the day, you got to put in some degree of sacrifice and try and get better. And uh, the scales on that, too, is, man, I've worked with so many people. I've gone, I go and I use Charles uh, Pulpin as an example before. When I go and I, I've taken certifications taught by him, the guy's a fucking encyclopedia. I've never been around someone that has more. I mean, he's got great application as well, too. So he's one of the freaks that's great at everything. But he's like, it's like if he has information in his brain that his brain just works a way that mine won't work, you know. So does that make him a better coach? Well, he's a way better coach than me a lot of things, but it's not necessarily because of he's an encyclopedia, you know. So I, it doesn't matter how hard I work, I'll probably never retain information as well as him. Does that mean that I still can't be a great coach in my own right because I can't retain information as well? Uh, you know, my brain works well at other things. So, again, sure. I think that's the – I, like again, I hope most people kind of have that context in their brain, but maybe they don't. Where it's like you kind of got to think: Is this person trying to be the smartest they can be, and is this person trying to look the best that they can look? Right. Um, you know, and realize that there's a whole bunch of you know, if you're a brand new trainer, if you're 20 years old, there's no way you're going to have the information in your brain that you would, you know, trying to pursue information for 20 years when you're 40 years old. You know, but if you're in the process, if you're moving in that direction. I think that's all they can really ask them from a coach is that they're they're trying to push both as far as they can. Nobody gets to the level uh, that you're at because I mean you're you're very well respected. You're world renowned. Some people say you're one of the best trainers in the world, and I, I agree with those comments. But people have helped you along the way, and you've learned from many coaches. You mentioned one in particular. Yeah. Like who are some of the biggest influential people in your life trying that helped you get to where you are today? Man, I mean, there's a ton to be honest. The, the, the names that stick out is my my absolute number one. If I look at the information that is in my brain is Tom Purvis and he's the guy that invented uh, resistance training specialist okay. certification and I first got exposed to his certification from another coach probably in 2006 or 7 I took his intro course taught by him in probably 2012 or ish and then since then from the intro course I've been working through his mastery level course which he teaches so as far as like my understanding of anything you hear from me from the nuts and bolts of 
you know, talking uh, exercise profiles, strength profiles, alignment, my understanding of mechanics, um, which is, again, nowhere near where he's at. Um, it, it, that's, you know, the vast, vast majority stem from him. You know, I mean, it's like no, no coach or trainer today, you know, invented anatomy or invented physiology or invented mechanics. Um, you know, so I, I had to gain that information somewhere. Some of it came from school and some things like that. Uh, but his, his understanding that I use the most today came from him. Um, so he's been the, probably the number one. Uh, Paul Quinn's the guy that really opened my eyes just through courses. Um, I'm not lucky enough to have worked one-on-one -on -one with him a whole lot, but I'm lucky enough that he's taught all the courses that I've gone through. Um, so anybody that's taken his stuff knows what I'm talking about. Uh, the best thing I can say is it's kind of like a, a crash course in functional medicine, mm -hmm. which can, depending on where you're from, might not have the best context, but the guy's got the most research-based, evidence-based, you know, actually clinical in the field, working with athletes, results proven based information um, I've ever seen and stuff that's getting popular now. I mean, he honestly was, I took my first course with him in probably 2010 or 11. And the stuff he was talking about then is some of the stuff that I hear people talking like it's new now. Um, so the like 95% of the really cool shit, cause I tell people all the time, I don't really like nutrition. I don't really like supplementation. Um, because it's just, it's a very like, it's like a hot button. Everybody's so damn emotional about it. I just don't like to get involved. Um, but the information that he provides on that, like 95% of the stuff that I actually apply and produce results with, with athletes and myself um, really came from him. So when I have, you know, coaches are training and saying, where do I start? That's always where I push them. I said, from a training standpoint, you know, go RTS. From a, from a nutrition supplementation standpoint, go anything that Paul Quinn teaches himself. Uh, Paul Quinn's also great for programming. He's much more an athlete background. I mean, so sure. he's worked with more, you know, Olympic metal athletes and professional athletes than anyone on the planet. Um, and then honestly, from my, my personal love for like bodybuilding, um, I've had two or three really good people that I've worked with. Um, a couple of good friends that I've had at Jasper Price, Adam Miller's coaches that I've worked with. Um, and then Ben, Ben Pikulski is the, probably the single biggest influence in my bodybuilding mm -hmm. career. Um, I still say to this day, there's no one I've trained with, especially when we're both, you know, actually in competition mode, uh, that has trained, pushed me harder or that I've seen train harder himself. Um, he's the guy that I learned probably 80% of the things I know about posing from. Um, so yeah, and then, and then honestly, the rest is I'm, I'm a big about applying to myself. So I've never actually had a coach when I compete. Um, I've always had people help me uh, where it's like no pressure on them to be my coach, but I get information from them. I can ask them questions. I can just say like, I used to have Ben all the time, you know, I'd be five weeks out. I'd be like, hey, am I ahead or am I behind? And he'd mm -hmm. be like, you're good or pick it up or whatever, sure. like that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I like, I've always liked to use my, my body as the experiment or the, the piece yeah, of why not? um, and I say that's so the, the times when I've like, some of it was when training on my own, you know, in college, uh, literally the first time I went to a Paulquin course, applying things that I learned from him, I probably put about 15 pounds of lean tissue on, uh, in the year coming from the first time I took his course. Wow. Um, and then the next progression I probably put on the most muscle with literally learning how to train hard training with um, so, you know, those are probably the most influential people. Um, and then at the end of the day, I mean, that's the, one of the nicest compliments I've gotten from people that work with me. Um, I, I try to be as transparent as possible as far as like, I, I joke and it's, it's not, I, I'm really not that smart. It's like, if you just go to as many certifications as I go to, you're going to have to gain some information. Uh, but I'm a big, I'm, I'm always applying it. So again, it's, I literally, you know, for, I don't know, for a good seven or eight years straight, I was training 60 hours of clients a week, like actually 60 hours of sessions a week. You know, I was about as full as you can get with a waiting list of clients. Um, I've competed again five times myself and, and anybody that ever has been around me, like 
I train as hard as I possibly can. I'll be as pushed as hard as I can be pushed. I've never cheated on a diet. You know, I'm actually, people tell me that's the nice thing is I, I walk the walk as much as I mm-hmm. can actually do it. And, um, and so the things that I say about other trainers and stuff is like, I'll never look like Phil Heath. I'll never be Mr. Olympia. Um, but I've literally, I've never looked worse in a show. So I'm always moving forward. I'm always getting better. Even if it's now to the point of diminishing returns where it's, you know, three to five pounds a year, I'll still take it if it's going in the right places. Um, so that's the big thing I've tried to, uh, you know, a lot of people take all this information and they don't apply it. Um, so I really, really always try and do something with the information that I'm gaining. Um, but yeah, I'd say those are the top people that are sure. the biggest the biggest influences for me along the way. Well, one of the names you mentioned, so the internet's a funny place. Like people like to speculate all the time. You and Ben were, were you were at his gym, working at his gym and then, oh, not sure what happened, but then the internet speculated on everything and there was all these, yeah. which is weird because like, I mean, it, it, you guys aren't on a reality TV show, all right? You're, you're friends. Yeah. And then, so the internet says one thing. Um, do you, do you care to talk about what happened with you and Ben? I mean, it's nothing. I, I mean, I, I saw Ben in the grocery store a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I've got, you know, we're, we've got plenty of mutual respect for each other. We're still good friends. I mean, I say that we're as friends as much as any, I don't do anything. So to say that he's one of my friends is I don't hang out with anybody sure. <laughs> so right now. It's literally, you know, I'm my family. I'm at my gym and all that kind of stuff. Um, no, but honestly, it's one of those things professionally things just didn't align. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing in from my end and his end ever got emotional. Um, so again, if people want a reality show, like, again, that's the people who are just going to speculate. And they might not really realize, in my opinion, it couldn't have been handled more professionally where it's, you know, we just had professional differences. We uh, did the grown-up thing. We talked to each other in person about them lots of times. We tried to kind of get on the same page. And it just didn't work. And our last conversation that we had in a professional setting was like, hey, man, I just think I'm going to kind of do my own thing. And um, I, I just think that's where I'm at. I think it's the best for both of us. And I, I wish nothing but the best for your business. And he said the exact same thing to me. And Every time I've talked to him or seen him since, he said, you know, you're more than welcome to come train in the gym anytime, and that's that. So, uh, no, there's nothing, I mean, if yeah. anybody, I mean, I, I, for me, it's completely normal. I've, sure. left, I've left every job I've been at and at some point, and for some reason, and none of it was, I've got good relationships with everybody that I've ever worked for. Um, so, I, I'm. that's my, if I have a big attribute of having seen some crazy stuff in all the jobs that I've been in um, from people... I don't even want to get into it all the jobs. Working with a bunch of trainers, anyone that's worked with a bunch of trainers full times knows what I'm talking about. It's um, it's a bunch of emotional people, regardless of what emotion you want to get into. And I'm probably the least emotional person on the planet when it comes to the workplace. Yeah. I mean, I, I joke with my wife, and it's true. Like when I have to drop my oldest off for school in a month, I'm going to cry like a baby the whole way home, just like big ugly tears. Yeah. It's going to be disgusting. Um, so I'm extremely emotional um, and a man child when it comes to my family. But when it comes to work, I mean, I. It's work. I mean, it's like a, I, people I've seen you talk about, and it's 100% true. Like, I love what I do. I'm, I'm lucky to be passionate about it, but I work to provide for my family. So it's like uh, exactly. I, there's very few things that I'll get emotional about uh, that are work-related. So, yeah, everything that happened with that, it was just, I think, time to move on and kind of kind of do our own thing. And, and that was that. And like I said, between him and I, and, you know, we're, we're personally still we're as good as we're going to get, and, you know. Yeah, and that's completely cool. I don't, there's, I don't see a problem with that. I mean, yes. professional relationships don't always work out. It's the way it is. Um, speaking of other professional relationships, so Avengers Affinity Awards, like this huge movie, and you actually have, uh, you get the chance to train one of them, right? Like Drax, Dave Batista trained with you and actually showed you out several times on Instagram. Uh, I come from the wrestling world, so I first knew Dave from, from wrestling days. Um, yes. What is it like training these higher profile, in his case, he's an actor, in other cases, maybe bodybuilders, athletes? Do you approach yeah. them any differently than you would 
Jane Smith, a 40-year-old mom from... Well, I mean, of course, you're going to approach them differently, but, like, yeah. your mind says you're trying to help them both equally. Yeah, yeah, well, so it's... I mean, so because of what I... This sounds bad, but it's the reality of the situation. I'm only going to work with somebody that I find fun to work with at this point in time. Sure. And um, and that's not that's not just with Dave or anybody. I mean, that's all I worked with when I was... 70% of my clients when I was, you know, I used to live in Sarasota before I was here. Mm -hmm. 70% of them were competitors or people that just wanted to look well above average. Um, and then as I progressed and I was at MI40 for two or three years, I really didn't work with any normal people. It was all people just trying to put on as much muscle as possible. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they were competitors, sometimes whatever. Um, so I joke, I joke with Dave, man, when I would first met him and I've never followed wrestling or anything in my entire life. I, I actually gained some interest in the sport when I actually watched some documentaries and things on what those guys actually go through, mm -hmm. where, you know, I think some people naively don't believe they're, they don't understand the level of athlete they are, or yeah. in a lot of ways, I mean, it's the worst, they have the worst slash hardest sport ever for their bodies, because in general, people want them to look like bodybuilders, but actually be able to do flips and beat the shit out of each other and, and do it at a high frequency for a long period of time. With no sleep, and, yeah. Yeah, and these guys are, I mean, to be honest, man, they're, it's normal for them, but they're all broken. I mean, they've all, like, I, I bet there's not a guy that's in the WWE um, that hasn't had uh, at least six-plus surgeries okay. on something in their body, repairs and tears and all that kind of stuff. Um, so honestly, what I what I knew about Dave, I had read more stuff on him, you know, articles on him and like Muscle Fitness or Flex and stuff like that. So I was like, man, this guy's awesome because he he looks unbelievable. He looks like a bodybuilder. He's freaking than any other any other professional wrestlers that I knew. Um, and so and just seeing him when I first met him and stuff and seeing him train, like he's just an impressive athlete. So I, I honestly, I mean, I'll be before I know anybody or know a person, I get really excited to work with a good athletes. Someone's got a tremendous physique or tremendous athleticism. What it is, that's that's exciting for me. Um, you know, so, so yeah, I was honestly very excited to work with him first and foremost as a tremendous athlete. I even started working with him before like guardians and stuff was out. So it's like his, his movie career wasn't like he's this massive movie star where he's like progressing to when he's at now. Um, so I was just excited to work with him as an athlete and, um, and then the icing on the cake is he is honestly like the nicest guy on the planet. And I'm not just saying that, uh, where he's like. You know, people that are nice to you when they have nothing to gain will, will do things nice for you and obviously no one's going to see or no, no one's going to watch or no one's going to know um, where it's just very, very clear. I mean, if you, anyone that knows as a person, the, the circle of people in his life, I mean, he's he's an awesome guy, man. I mean, he's a nicer guy than I am. He really genuinely cares for everybody around him and, and cares for the well-being of others. So uh, that's the added bonus. I mean, I've, I've worked with people before that are tremendous athletes that I didn't want to spend any more time with after that. Um, so as an added bonus for Dave, I mean, it's, I wouldn't train anybody as much as I train him if he wasn't just, you know, a pleasure to be around sure. football too. So, and honestly, the nice part for me, so it's like, if I'm looking at what my, if I consider myself a greatest skill set that I have, if something I've put more time and I'm not saying it's great, but I've put more time and effort into anything is like, literally comes down to when you get somebody like him, like what the hell do you deliver on the first session? <laughs> right. Trainer that's worked with a high level athlete before. There is always a balance. He's been a meathead longer than I've been a meathead. You know, I say that in the most nice way. I mean, he's been a meathead, and he's been 350 pounds. Yeah. And like, he's been he's, he's he's been a bodybuilder. He's competed. He's been a high level athlete, whatever professional athlete. Um, so he he's got more meathead experience than I do. So it can't be one of those things where in a session I can't just sit and talk to him about neat sciencey stuff the whole time. Where he'd be like, "Who the fuck is this guy? Like, I, I want to work out." And at the same time, if I don't show him something that has to do with my skill set. It's not hard to beat somebody in the ground, but have their whole body hurt and broken along the way. 
you know, so we had this quick of a conversation and taking notes down of every injury he's ever had, which is extensive. <laughs> um, and then basically from there, it's, it's a balance of, you know, I want him to figure out what fits his body, what he's capable of doing and not doing, and then making him work as hard as possible within what he shows me, you know, so what does he actually have? And then, and then what can I give him that he'll tolerate? And so the biggest compliment I'll get ever, uh, like, and I've been lucky to have this happen a few times, but with him is in the first session, you know, we're literally 20 minutes into the session, you know, and he's asking me if I'm available the rest of the week. And I'm like, sweet, something's going good. And then at the end of the session, he's saying it's the first time that he's had like a pain-free session and looking That's at his awesome. joints and his connective tissue and all that stuff, like literally in 20 plus years. And at the same time, he'll be the first to, to say that he's like, at the same time, it was the most pain he's ever had in his muscles ever. He's like, look, cause he's like a, he's a tough guy, man. He's gotten the shit beat out of him. He's had professional fights. I mean, he's a lot tougher of a human being than I am. And he'll literally say, he's like, that's the most painful shit ever. Like, it's just the way that you can't escape the pain when we train. So those are about as big of a compliment as I can get. If I can have someone that knows what a brutal workout means in their own context by their own perception and feel of it, and knows that your joints and connective tissue and stuff shouldn't hurt sure. uh, to train hard. So um, that, that's what I, if there's a skill set component, you know, trying to prepare myself so I'm capable of working with someone like that. So knowing how to train someone, what find where they can and cannot go and things like that. And then also be able to deliver on the end of that is where I can actually, you got to show up, you got to do something right. for the first session and it's got to be appropriate. Um, oh. Yeah, so he's awesome, man. I, I, I mean, it'd be tough, again, not just for him being, it's cool that he's a movie star and all that now, but he's he's definitely one of my most favorite clients I've ever worked with. For Very cool. The completeness of an athlete, for someone that has an appreciation for it, you know, like they occasionally get like a 20-year-old or somebody that wants to work with me and, like, oh, this seems overly tedious. Why are you so concerned with this or that? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, bring your, bring your joints back to me in 10 years and, you know, you'll understand why. You know, so it's people that have actually been in it. Um, people that kind of need it more have a lot more value to it. And Dave's, I believe he's 49 now. And so for what his body has been through, what he's aware of, and what he knows about training, he'd be the first guy that if he did a session with me, he, he knows more than a lot of people would be like, hey, F off, you know, I'm not, right. I'm not getting anything from this or whatever. So it's that, that's part of it too, is people that come to you, they, if they really have a lot of value for what you bring to the table, they're ultimately going to be more fun clients to work with. Yeah. So. Well, it's interesting because I had posted a picture of you and Branch Warren the other day on our social media platform because uh, I'm speaking with both of you. And one of the comments was, talk about two completely different training styles what Branch does and what you do. Like your training style is unique and I actually love it. I think it's great with resistance. And I mean, you focus on less weight, more form. I mean, just being proper throughout the lift of the entire range of motion, which I think is brilliant. Why Why did you adapt the way that you train more than say just lift heavy shit up, put heavy shit down? I mean, if there's, if there's one thing that I think I'm just more, I, I've been... I've, I've been drilled into me and I've learned from smart people when I've actually trained with people uh, that actually know how to apply it. Um, I, I probably am just a little bit more, um, a little bit more picky with the parameters and principles around which I train. And that's what a lot of people don't do is if, if you have an, I believe me, you, you preface it like this. I'm not speaking to branch. I can't speak to him at all. I don't know him personally. I've never actually seen him train a person, but for being a trainer, if I'm going to, do something I apply to myself and I apply to someone else and I apply to someone else and I apply to the 88 year old or the 20 year old. It's gotta be built on principles uh, because specifics don't work for everyone. Mm -hmm. And what works for one person doesn't work for other people. Um, so I guess I just, I mean, some of it's anecdotal. So some of it's for sure, everyone I've ever worked out with myself. So when I started training when I was 15 and 16, 
I was the one leading the workouts and doing all that stuff. And it was the same all the way through college. And everybody I ever worked out with got bigger, faster than me and stronger. I was like, fuck, I hate these guys. You know, <laughs> I, I don't, it's very fair to say, you know, based on professional observation, as well as me only being myself my whole life, that I have subpar genetics for, for muscle building. So some of it, of course, came out of necessity. So it's like, you know, if I was blessed with whatever's the best genetics in the world, I, I find it really, really hard to imagine that I'd actually would have pursued a better method as much as I can. Sure. Um, and honestly, it's, it's kind of, I joke, it's, I would never in a million years say that I'm not uh, concerned about weight in any capacity. What tends to happen is if I use what I would call maybe a little bit more intensive or strict or whatever principles around which I train or build exercises, when you apply those to people, as a result, lots of times people are using less weight, but that's just a result of and not the intention of or the goal of. Um, so uh, I've, you know, I've worked with some people that are insanely strong and have insanely good form, you know, where I don't have to do or I don't have to change a whole lot. So my goal is, I mean, every bodybuilder knows this. Bodybuilding is an internal sport. You know, if, if a bodybuilder can squat 800 pounds, but they don't feel it in any muscle in their body, they won't do it. That's not just me. That's a bodybuilder. Bodybuilders do it so they feel something in their muscle, which means that the purpose of training yeah. is internal. So, you know, my parameters and, and weight is a part of that is I want the, the most brutally taxing, painful, horrible internal response that I can get from someone. And load is a huge factor to that as well, too. Um, I mean, it's like people joke, it's like, oh, you don't lift as heavier weights or whatever. And I'm like, well, I'm just not strong. So I'm, that's why I don't lift heavier weights. Um, but for me, relatively speaking, I mean, I've got videos of me deadlifting 600 pounds plus and front squatting close to 400 pounds for reps. And that's not as strong as really actual strong people. But considering I actually figured out I don't have very good genetics and I'm doing it with what I consider pretty okay form, it's really fucking strong for me and it's yeah. really hard for me. I, I've never literally once, people always say, well, what's more important? Is it more important form or weight or effort or all that? And that's, and the answer is yes. It's like if, if, if putting on big muscle was easy and doing without joint pathology and injuries and tendonitis, which aren't things that should have to come along with it, that's the hard part. It's hard to push both to the highest level. And I've had people that are fucking brutally strong and when I impose just this much execution on them, they fucking crumble. I mean, I've never, I always joke, there's people that think that I, you know, and maybe there's not people, that's my perception. There's a, there's occasionally people that think, oh, he's just tedious and does this, and he doesn't actually train hard. And all those people that think that have one thing in common, and that's they've never trained with me. Mm -hmm. I literally, anyone that's ever trained with me, once I actually get them to a point where they have what I consider decent form, acceptable form, they're not going to get injured that day. I will push them as far as humanly possible if that's their goal and if it's applicable. And I've never had someone ask for another set after that. I mean, literally, have people just like crumble and die on the floor and you know puke and uh, you know and uh, be non-functional for a long period of time. And not that that's necessarily per pertinent for them putting on muscle long term, but yeah. it's maybe something they have to go through that will that that, that what they go through and what they can endure will help them put on muscle more long term. Um, so. Yeah, I honestly never think about weight. I never think about making it intentionally light. I don't think about, oh, I got to use this weight that's heavy enough so it's hard enough. Mm -hmm. I just think about weight as another variable that I'm trying to, if appropriate, push as far as possible, again, to make something as internally as hard as possible. Yeah. Because, again, if you're trying to change your physique, your internal, your focus should always be internal. You know, if you're, a, if you're an athlete that's moving things from A to B, if you're a powerlifter or if you're a CrossFit professional athlete, um, where completion is your goal, 
then you might make the argument that there's times that you should focus on external things that lead to competition. But if you're a bodybuilder, that should never, ever, ever be your focus. It should always be what, what kind of internal response am I producing? I like that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's brilliant, actually. So uh, i got one more question here for you. You said you've done multiple competitions. Um, any, any competitions in your future? Um, you know, last year the original intent was to do uh, the Nationals this year. So qualified for that at the Tampa this past year. Um, and then my wife and I got, well, not, not my wife and I, my wife got pregnant uh, oh, with me. I nice work. You played your part. Yeah, I did the fun part. And um, so anyway, uh, my my uh, daughter is due in a month from now. Oh, congratulations. Um, That's awesome. So I'm pretty damn good, man. I've competed when I've worked 70 hours a week and all that kind of stuff. But the only stipulation I've placed on my life is I won't compete when I have a newborn at home. Um, and just because, one, now we're going to have three babies, you know, and it's just – and everybody's different. So there's going to be somebody out there that has competed with a newborn and three kids and had a job and their wife. And that's great. They, they, they might either have better work ethic or who knows what, but something for me. But for me, the priority is I want to be able to help with the kids and my wife and the baby. And also, we like to have, my wife particularly likes to have the baby in the bedroom with us for the first, whatever, three to five months. Yeah. And there's just no, there's no consistent sleep with that. And there's this thing in bodybuilding where it's like everybody likes to, you know, pat themselves on the back for how hard they work, which is very important. But at the end of the day, if you're sleeping two hours a night, there's no amount of hard work that can actually, you can't outwork two hours of sleep. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, long story short, I'm not competing this year because uh, I got, I'm going to have a, uh, you know, an infant, um, in the bedroom and that's the priority for this year, um, which kind of sucks because I honestly was looking forward to doing nationals because one of my uh, close friends and client, one of the few people I still do a lot for, Josh Vogel is going to be mm-hmm. a light heavy, very good friends with Hunter Labrada. He's going to be a super heavy. I would have been a heavyweight. Um, and now one of my friends, it's a red con athlete. Um, everyone knows his, his Instagram handle is the raging silverback. Yep. His plans are to do nationals. So if there's one thing that I think is the most fun part about competing, it's competing with friends. So it would have been freaking awesome to do that show, honestly, um, being in the same class with one of them and doing the same show in two different classes with other guys. Um, but no, it's going to be on hold for now. Um, you know, I honestly, I tell people, I look at, for me, competing is like, it's the, for the same people that have the mental problems of liking to do, uh, like liking to run marathons, mm-hmm. like on paper, running a marathon is the dumbest thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's no way anyone can explain to me how that's healthy because it's not, um, as far as if, if healthy means doing something optimal yeah. for your health, it's not, but I totally get why people run marathons and why they try and beat times every single time, because that's part of hopefully growing and developing as a person is, um, you know, being able to do delay gratification, being able to do things that other people are unwilling to do. And that's why I like bodybuilding. So I like to go through this stupid process and, and they're trying to beat times. I'm just trying to beat my previous physique. Um, so because I have no, I have no end goal in mind. People always ask, oh, you're trying to turn pro or do this or that. I'm like, I could care less. I mean, that's that's a natural progression. So if I competed long enough, at some point in time, I'm going to have to keep getting better placings or I'm not going to be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm pretty, since that's my reasons, I don't really, I'm, I would guess I'll probably compete again, but it's honestly not a big deal for me. For some reason, more important things in life took precedence. So you know, if my wife and I agreed there was something that was better for our marriage or better for our kids or whatever, and it meant me not competing, I would have no problem, you know, not competing. Um, but I mean, she's, I got the best wife in the world and my kids love it. My kids, my, my four-year-old tells me that he doesn't want to have a job when he grows up. He wants to do what I do and just work out. 
which I think is awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I love he it. Thinks, he thinks I don't have a job. He thinks I just work out for a living, which is fucking great. <laughs> um, so that's I'm, I'm all in support of that plan for him as well, too. So anyway, obviously, your, your kids are little. They want to do whatever you do. Right. So anyway, I got the most supportive family in the world. If I ever do compete, my wife would be happy and supportive and all on board. So not to say that that would be a limiting factor, right. but if it was something that we felt was, yeah, it's, it's just not that high on priorities in my life. So I, I'd love to because I'd love it. But uh, as of right now, not this year, and you know, we'll see moving forward. So. Cool. Very cool stuff. I'd be remembering this if I didn't mention the t-shirt that you're wearing because Aaron helped set this up. So Redcon 1 t-shirt. Uh, your head trainer, Redcon 1, I believe is what, what it is on the site. So um, I don't, I don't want to get into supplements. Seth, we saved that for Aaron Sigerman podcast. But uh, yeah. definitely appreciate you coming on. Uh, Hypertrophy Coach on Instagram, hypertrophycoach.com is the website. There's a subscription service. I think it's $9.95 a month where they can get content. And, and you've heard Joe say that he actually goes and pays people for content. So... I mean, that's not beneath you, which is phenomenal. Uh, great content at your site, so people can check that out. Um, yeah, dude, keep it going. I hope next time, I, don't cut the beard. At least wait till the baby comes. Let the, let the beard, like, yeah. make it a baby beard. Let uh, it go. So I, I joke that, man, I have a very specific style, and it's called either one what's free or what my wife likes. Um, <laughs> so Aaron, Aaron is supplying my wardrobe at yep. this point in time, and, uh, and whatever my wife likes goes. So that's the whole reason the beard came in the first place. She's like, hey, you want to grow it out? And, uh, she suggested it. All right. She suggested it. Yeah. So she was like, "I'll try and grow it out." You know, I'm I'm lazy as hell, so I always had some stubble or something going on. And she's like, "Why don't you grow it out?" And I'm like, "Sure." And then um, when I was getting ready to compete in Tampa, I was going to shave it because not that it's a big deal, but in the bodybuilding mm-hmm. world, they actually prefer that you shave. Um, but Everything. She really she she's pretty relaxed, but she was actually right before the show. She's like, "Please don't shave it. I love it." And I was like, "Fuck! Do I appease the judges or I appease my wife?" Which was an easy decision, and I left the beard on. And, um, and arguably like, the funny thing is I joke, I think people remember my beard from competing, you know, more than, more than, not that I was the first person to do that, but not a whole lot of people compete with beards. And, uh, and I joke too, since I competed and have a beard, everyone, their moms compares me to, uh, to guy, guy Cicerino. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and I'm like, we don't look no one said that ever once in our entire lives before I didn't have a beard and he didn't have a beard. But as soon as you're a dude that has muscle and you have a beard and we're the only two dudes that have beards and muscle, then we've got to be the same guy apparently. Um, but yeah, so anyway, that's, uh. The beard won't be going anywhere soon because the wife really likes it. So Good. whatever whatever she likes goes. If you ever see it shaved, it means she got tired of it and that's when it'll go. So. <laughs> well, we talked about a lot of stuff on this podcast in terms of education, but happy wife, happy life might be the biggest takeaway here. Oh, yeah. Uh, no well, doubt. Congratulations, brother. You're going to have three under four. That actually might be your toughest test to date versus all these competitions that you had. So good luck with that. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. appreciate you coming on, bud. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Really appreciate What makes a great athlete? Is it in the intense mental and physical training? Is it hitting the game-winning shot? Is it scoring the go-ahead goal? Is it the countless hours of practicing when the cameras aren't on and no one is watching? Everyone is their own athlete. What makes you great is your preparation and determination to reach your goals. Your body is fueled by your desire and quest to push beyond limits. Define your inner great athlete with the Clinical Edge Series. All right. 
right, guys, that is it. That is Hypertrophy Coach Joe Bennett. He's at Hypertrophy Coach on Instagram. Uh, you heard it. I mean, this dude knows his stuff. He also can grow an immaculate beard, which I didn't talk about in the opening. And I actually had a big one for the opening and the closing, and I uh, I shaved it before this. But I still have something going on here. Uh, my new look is working really well in case anybody cares. But anyway, it's at Hypertrophy Coach on Instagram. We are at Fit Informant on Instagram, at Fit Informant on Twitter, Facebook.com backslash Fitness Informant. Obviously, you guys know our website, fitnessinformant.com. Do us a favor and subscribe on iTunes. If it's if you're listening on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, if it's here at YouTube, subscribe. If there's an opportunity to rate and review us, we'd love to have that too. It gives us an opportunity to uh, creep up in these people's uh, little algorithms uh, and the podcast platforms and get in the front of more people. Next time on the show, former WWE superstar. He's a WWE Intercontinental Champion. Uh, he was with the WWE the World Wrestling Entertainment for a long time, decided to walk away from the company uh, back in 2016, I believe it was, 2017, after a WrestleMania stint, started his own supplement company called Feed Me More Nutrition, Ryback Reeves, no more commonly known as Ryback on the WWE television, uh, start Feed Me More Nutrition. He's going to be on the podcast next time talking about Feed Me More Nutrition, talking about his time in WWE and why he made the transition away from WWE into the world of sports nutrition and uh, a little bit of wrestling talk since that's where I came from in the world. And will he be back on TV soon with the WWE? Find all, all that out and more on the next episode, which will be episode nine. This was episode eight. So I said episode seven in the opening, my bad. Uh, episode eight, Hypertrophy Coach. Episode nine will feature Ryback, former WWE wrestler and the CEO of Feed Me More Nutrition. Again, fitnessinformant.com for all the reviews, supplement news, and more. Also, huge, huge supplement deals. Until next time, we hope you took some knowledge away from hypertrophy coach Joe Bennett. You're going to apply it in your fitness lifestyle. You're going to be fit. You're going to be a better version of yourself, and you're going to be happy because that is the most important thing, folks. Be happy. Be happy with your lives. Be happy with your progress, and be happy with those around you. Be kind to one another. Uh, until next time, I'm fitnessinformant.com president Ryan Buckeye. Everybody take care.